0: You have reached the Geek Elite, good luck. The future comes and now my watch begins,
1: it shall not end until my death, I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors, I shall wear no jerseys, Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. This week we are still talking about Utopia on Amazon Prime. We are talking about episodes six and seven. Yeah,
0: five and six. Five, five and six.
1: Sorry. right, five and six. So, I—I uh, I mean, it's a show. It is yeah. definitely happening. So, <laughs> no. uh, I can't wait to hear what everybody has to say. But before we get to that, Stephen,
2: what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to tell everyone that these episodes that you're listening to are brought to you by our Patreon and the fantastic (sighs) people who support us over there. Um, on Patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media. There are a few different people on there who give us a few dollars each month uh, to help make it possible for us to do what we do. It's not necessary, but if you find that you have some spare change, um, hopefully probably rounded to the dollar. I don't think they'd take less than a dollar at a time. But... You can come over, give, give us to us, and help us make our dreams come true.
1: That's Thank right. You, you can <laughs> help send a special kid to Disneyland. No, not actually, because Disneyland's It'll not
2: you can <laughs> You can't
3: do that. I mean, you go to Disney World.
1: You, you <laughs> certainly could if you want to go into that Petri dish. <laughs> well, go to the Disney store. That's an hour away. There you go. <laughs> El you can go to a Disney store in El Centro. Uh, but yes, let's go ahead and get into our week's watch and find out what everybody's been watching this week. Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? It's um, a good question.
0: I <laughs> can <laughs> uh, okay, see what I watched this week besides this show. It's been a long week. It's been a very busy week. Uh, Despite it being short, or maybe because it's short. I watched the town halls last night. So conveniently, ABC (laughs) and NBC out here claimed to be showing it starting at 7. But really, they showed it live, and then they showed it again at 8, recorded. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) What?
0: So I got to watch one town hall, and then I got to flip over and watch the other town hall. So Which I did you watch first? I watched Biden's first.
2: Okay. Okay. How was it watching that one first and then the other one second?
0: <laughs> it's uh, it was a wise choice on my part. It was a very wise choice. Uh, it, <laughs> the dynamics are obviously very different. It's also intriguing. I don't typically... So while I almost religiously watch every debate and every political convention and have for most of my life, not even just adult life, even before I could vote, mm-hmm. I never typically watch the town halls sponsored by the networks. So when the networks just allow one candidate to come and do a town hall, I don't typically watch because it's just an hour and a half of them getting to say whatever they want to say. And mm-hmm. I can get shorter versions of that and stump speeches that I watch. Yep. But it was it was interesting to see the dynamic shift between the way presidential debate town halls normally go versus the two from last night. Because if you think back to previous presidential elections and those town halls, you still get some of that debate format because they still have a tendency to cut each other off or step on each other. They're having to bounce back and forth while still interacting with your voters around. So not mm-hmm. having that back and forth was definitely a different dynamic. And the moderators for each played a much bigger role than they typically do.
2: So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I would say watch. there was also still a uh, back and forth during the second one you watched.
0: Oh, yes. No, there was definitely a back and forth, but it was between the moderator <laughs> and the <laughs> candidate as opposed to the candidates themselves. I mean, and there yeah. was a bit of a back and forth, even in the first one. Mm-hmm. Biden, it, I can never pronounce his name. Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pushed Biden on some things. Savannah Guthrie pushed Trump on a lot of things. So that was very much present in both. To different ends, for different purposes, and in different ways, by all means. But... Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see them take a large, see the moderators, moderators, interviewers take a larger role in that setting. Mm -hmm. So overall, an interesting watch. I'll be intrigued to see if we actually do a final debate and what that'll look like. So that was on NBC and ABC.
1: That's right. Anybody else have any uh, thoughts on the
2: town halls if they watched it?
1: Nope. I got a lot.
2: I got a I got a lot, but that's a different conversation. If you have my phone number out there and you're a <laughs> mutual friend of mine text me about it.
1: Okay. Like
4: I I feel that since I have already sent out my early ballot, it's at this point what, yeah. what does it matter? Like the choices have been made, so yeah,
3: pretty much. <laughs>
0: Fair. And if you have some spare time, if you'd like to make a little extra cash, please go out and sign up to be a poll worker.
1: Do you know what the website is for that?
0: You can Google the Secretary of State for your local jurisdiction and they will have direct information and links to how to sign up. Typically, you do get paid $10 an hour or some states do a flat rate of about $150 to $200 for the day.
1: There you go. Go out and do your part.
2: Uh, there, there was a website here as uh, eac.gov that I see.
0: That sounds correct, yes.
1: Okay. E-I-C? E- e- E-A-C. A. E- a- okay. E-A-C. Oh, wow. A- chocolate. <laughs> Stephen, what did you watch this week?
2: I haven't watched like practically anything this week. I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's been a very busy work week, um, like freelance work week, all of the above. However, I have gotten to take in a lot of different media in the past, like the week before that one had mm. gotten to take in a lot of media. Um, so one of those things that I got to watch was uh, the show Emily in Paris. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. What?
2: Yeah. Uh, honestly. <laughs> it's
0: not evening Is it good? <laughs>
2: It's not bad all right. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, it's got all the hallmarks of like mm-hmm. normal shows that you would expect like this, um and you'll know exactly the kind of show I mean. Go check out the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it was still funny, um and pretty much all of the, everything with the character is like everything just falls into her lap, you know, and that's that's totally fine. The story's not trying to blazing a new territory or tell some brand new tale or anything it's just a good time good. yeah and uh if you want a description of what the show is honestly just refer to the title if if you want to watch that show you want to watch that show uh, you don't have to be convinced by me and i've got other things to talk about here right now okay. um, <laughs> and that, and that, that one's on netflix
0: Um, (laughs) End of discussion
2: (laughs) Done Um, So uh, other than that um, I I saw a thing that I actually wanted to share with you all Before (laughs) the podcast But there's a trailer For a movie that I didn't even know existed And I feel like the entire internet didn't know existed Really either Maybe maybe the internet and people at large had a couple weeks on me about this one, but there's a movie starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, aren't you? J- what is it? Is it jujitsu? Jujitsu? Yep.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just jujitsu. There's there's an alien warrior of some sort who comes to Earth once every six years. Why six years? I don't know. That <laughs> seems like a short amount of time to send an alien visitor. Whatever, um, this this weird alien thing with the glowy face just comes to Earth once every six years, and there are the the chosen jujitsu. They talk about them like that. That's that's the term they use for them, the chosen jujitsu. Like that's yep. plural. I I don't know, but <laughs> these different people, um, one, one of them <laughs> being Tony ja and then I, other people that I'm assuming are names that people know. Um, I'll go and fight Frank this Grillo. alien. Who is it? Frank Grillo is supposed to be in there. Yep. Yeah, he he seems to be the main character. Um, but yeah, uh like they just fight this fucking alien guy for some reason. Um and I don't know. It seems like it's gonna be a crazy time. Uh Nicholas Cage is doing his favorite thing, um, having a long wig applied, uh and being crazy. <laughs> There's a part in the trailer where he, he's, he says, like, he's crazy like me and puts his hand over his face. And I don't know why that means he's crazy like me. And then the whole trailer ends with the scene where he's talking to the, the alien guy and says, there's no honor in killing crazy. And then it cuts to a scene of him with the, was it Frank Grillo, you said? Frank Grillo, yes. Yeah. yeah. Him talking to that guy and goes, I can fly too. And he does some kind of weird flying kick to close out the whole trailer. <laughs> it's so great. that movie's that movie's gonna be nuts and for free on Tubi later. <laughs> on Tubi.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've heard What's a lot of great Tubi? things about Tubi. It it's just it's just a
2: free uh
0: another streaming, streaming service. No, service.
2: Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Tubi is free and in all seriousness, is pretty damn good with what they offer. <laughs> okay. It's really weird. Uh I it mean, comes pretty print.
0: Keep track. It's like yeah. an alphabet soup.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I can't even keep track of TV networks anymore. Anyway, I'm sorry. So um, the last thing that I want to recommend um, is listening to audio dramas and taking a walk. So <laughs> there's, there's one company <laughs> that I listen to more audio drama things from than anyone else, and that's a company uh, called Q Code. Uh, I've talked about their shows a couple times on here. Uh, one of those being the Left Right Game. Uh, it, yeah. th- this one is called Baraska that I listened to most recently, and stars um, Dylan Sprouse. Wow! Yeah. What sweet yeah. life, yep. Zach
0: and
2: Cody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he's uh, on Riverdale, right? Yep. And this is uh, much more in keeping with that than <laughs> the sweet life of Zach and Cody.
0: <laughs> that doesn't um, surprise me.
2: <laughs> he's he's got to mature, you know. Um, the way that that I described this story in a text message earlier today um, is that he lives in this tiny town that has this weird history of people disappearing after a loud animal cry or something of the sort is heard throughout the town. Um, it like um, uh, like the people disappearing has happened for like decades, um, and no one seems to care to look into it like in the least. Um, but every time this cry is is heard across the town all the teenagers just have a party like an underage drinking party at this weird fucked up tree house in the woods and then like i, I don't know there's a lot of weird going on in this one and it's not the <laughs> best story from q code but if you're just going to take a walk burn some calories and listen to a story this one works as well as any and you can find that on any streaming service okay okay Ooh. Uh
1: definitely three different things that you can uh check out. <laughs> Even <Steve's> recommendation.
2: <laughs> I-, I stored up all of my ge- my week's watch time the last 3 months for that <laughs> one. So everyone out there, you better go do it.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh Jessica, what did you watch this week?
3: Uh well, I finally caught up on all of DuckTales. So now to get over whatever Utopia is. I I am watching star versus the forces of evil on Disney plus. And it is really good. I really like it. I can't even begin to describe it, I guess. I mean, it's about a girl named princess star buttercup and she butterfly. gets oh butterfly. Yeah. Butterfly star butterfly. Sorry. I'm very tired right now. Um, <laughs> She gets a wand when she turns fourteen, and she is horribly abusive with it. And so her mom basically sends her to be a dimensional foreign exchange student. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's yes. a cartoon. <laughs> yes. of course. It's a cartoon. Oh, by the way, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yes. It's a cartoon. <laughs> yes, yes. Ducktales to Star. <laughs> like I'm watching cartoons. <laughs> I fully support
0: this. For some reason, I was like, maybe this is live action, and then you got interdimensional foreign exchange students, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. done." I know. (laughs)
3: Um, I have basically binged it, and I'm already on. I just started season three, so (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. I think Star is such a wonderful character. I like how she's written. I feel like a lot of kids really relate to her because she's kind of sort of different in that unique way that I think kids should see on TV and just like and I don't know if it's intentional but and it's definitely from my psych background but she seems to have some autistic traits to her like mm-hmm. sarcasm just goes right over her head I don't know if it's intentional from the writers I couldn't get that it was intentional but um, but I think it's cool to see it and also not have it necess- like I'm glad that it's not mentioned that she is this you know because i feel like it's because it's completely normal like people have autism like and it's just such a great i don't know i just i absolutely love the writing of it it's cute it's sweet the episodes are like 20 minutes long and it's like technically two small episodes within it and they're rapid they're fun there's a lot of good lessons in them too it's still it's definitely crazy but it's 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 really good if you, if you like It's just, I'm really enjoying it and just binging it, so.
2: yeah. The one thing I always tell people about the show, because I think this is actually, like, the perfect companion to Steven Universe. Like, when you finish Steven Universe, go watch Star. Yeah. Um, I tell people, don't, the first episode is a pilot. Don't (sighs) treat that like, if you don't like the first episode, you won't like the rest of the show. No. When I first started watching Star, I hated Marco's Friends and luckily we just never see them again.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't li- yeah, that's true you don't ever see them
2: again. Ever.
3: Yeah, but they introduce a lot of good side char- there are a lot of good side characters too that are really good too, but Yeah, it's it's a good show. Um I also quickly read Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. So this is a Star Wars novel that is about the land that they opened up in Disneyland and Disney World. So it's a place that now you can physically go to. And they sort of had this novel to give you the history of it, which I... Which I I get is, like, a huge, like, ploy and advertisement, whatever. And it does kind of feel that way sometimes. Like, there are times when she's, like, at the cantina, Oga's Cantina, which I'm going to brag and be like, I've been to. I absolutely had a great time at Galaxy's Edge. But, um, like, and she's straight up saying the exact drink that people order. And it's a drink that you can actually order at the cantina. And, um. Like, I want to say it's like Blue Jedi or something like that. Like, just drinks like that that normally wouldn't be a normal writing. And the intentional description of something is also, like, you can actually see a picture of it, too, if you really look for it. Like, it's not overly described, but also kind of, sort of, described advertisemently. Um, But other than that, um, it's a story of she's a spy who has to, who ends up, she was tortured by the cardinal. But during the torturing, she ended up sort of getting him to realize the error of his way within the First Order, and he defected against the First Order, is now kind of being kind of sort of protected by the Resistance, kind of sort of like a prisoner of war, but knowing he's not evil anymore. And she's got to go with him to this planet called Batu to Black Spire Outpost, and to make a new Resistance base. And Black Spire, um, Batu is like a planet way in the outer rims of the galaxy that has not been touched yet by the resistance or by the first order, or even really by the empire before that or anything really. Um, so that's where it kind of got interesting. Was it really showed to me something I'd always thought before about how, like it seems to be the star Wars universe. They can just, people can just forget all those wonderful stories that happened in their own universe. Like people don't know that Luke Skywalker is real. He's a legend to him, even though it happened like 20 years ago to them, it's considered a legend and it's, you really got how at an outpost like this, how that works, because the only visitors they have are these like smugglers or people from the outside telling these grandose stories that you wouldn't necessarily believe unless they directly happened to you. And it's it definitely answered a lot of questions that I had. Like there is a tree in the park that is covered with like fabric, like little rips of fabric and you're not for sure why well now I know it's kind of sort of like their wishing tree like you tie your fabric tell your wish and when the fabric falls off the tree your wish came true kind of thing which is I think an adorable lore to a place you can actually go to a fictional place you can go to and another thing that always confused me even though I think it's totally awesome um, you do have the capability of building your own lightsaber in Galaxy's Edge and I should probably note Galaxy's Edge is kind of sort of like a role playing park. Like every character that's in there believes they are in the Star Wars universe and will treat you like you have been in the Star Wars universe. Like I got accosted by some stormtroopers because I had the little rebel bird symbol on me. <laughs> so um, stuff like that. So you can make your own lightsaber. And to me, I was like, how are they making lightsabers in this random outpost? And that's explained in the book is that there's this guy named Savi who's a scavenger who sort of finds kyber crystals. Kyber crystals? Yeah, okay. they find, oh. like there's literally a moment where like they literally just they're looking at wreckage of ships and in like a pocket of something the the main character here, which oh also she's Marathi, and you can see her walking through the park with Ray. Mm. Um, she um she finds Kyber crystals in a pocket and it, she doesn't say Kyber crystals cause she doesn't even know what they are. Cause once again, star Wars universe, they seem to just not know everything about the Jedi. It's been erased. Um, but it's like, if you know, start, you're like, that's a Kyber crystal. So that's how you get that. They're just finding. And mm-hmm. these records and stuff, Kyber crystals. And that's why you can now make your saber. And also why, when you make your saber, it's like multiple parts that you put together, and some do look kind of junky and some look like uh, like not antiquey, kind of antiquey. And then there's also like the natural ones you have options from to make. I really want to do it one day. I've researched it a lot. but um, <laughs> <laughs> So it, it was really cool to see that. And the story was actually really, really good. It's typical spy trying to build resistance, trying to get people to your side, being against bullies. A lot of the side characters that they introduce that you don't necessarily see in the parks were very interesting and very cool. And it's sort of like a small rebellion on a small planet in the middle of nowhere and how much of a big impact it can make. And this book technically takes place like a couple months before the time period is within the park. So it really is the history. Mm-hmm. Although I have heard there is apparently a second book with this series that takes place within the park, I think. Hmm. Within the timeline, so maybe a little after. I'm not for sure, but I know Chewbacca's in it. So it's it was just the surprisingly good read. I kind of really read it because I thought it would just be fun to read, but actually, I I ended up crying at the end and like, uh, but it was actually pretty good.
2: <laughs> this is exactly the way I would write a Star Wars novel. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, like, it's in a faraway place where none of the other stuff that happens in Star Wars has to be remembered or talked yeah. about. Yeah. Now this is Star Wars. Yeah.
3: yeah. And it definitely is like the one thing she'll be like, General Leia sent me here and people will be like, Princess Leia? She's real? Like, just She's like, <laughs> General Leia. Yes. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> but no, so
1: it's really good. It was Star and what? Star versus.
3: Star versus the forces of evil. And that's on Disney Plus. And this is Star Wars galaxy's edge black spire it's been out for a couple of years so you can find it at your library anywhere basically your local bookstore maybe
2: so you local. Got-
1: <laughs> john what have you been watching this week
4: okay so this week i didn't really innovate i actually went back to the past for some comfort watches um yeah, so, I mean, aside from a few YouTube channels that I came across, there is this one YouTube channel that really bummed me out. <laughs> um, it, it it took a while to get there. It's kind of a weird trajectory. But basically, I became really curious about the We Are Number One meme from uh, LazyTown. Uh, it, it was a really catchy song right around 2014, I want to say or 2016.
3: Lazy, Lazy town. That's that show with the little pink haired girl yes. and it's all gymnasticky, mm-hmm. and the weird evil guy. Yes. Okay, uh, got
4: it. <laughs> because I was watching, um, and I'll get to that. My, my main focus of my week's watch was the movie AI artificial intelligence.
3: <laughs> oh God. <laughs>
4: so I was looking at that and I was looking at Jude law with the, the makeup that he wears, the, the applications to make him look like he's an artificial, you know, being, I was like, hey, that looks like that one guy from that song that was like kind of popular. <laughs> so and I looked that up and I did a little side by side comparison. I was like, yeah, they even have like the same kind of hair where it looks like it's made out of plastic. <laughs> so I got curious about like that meme and I started looking up stuff about Lazy Town. That's the name of the show. And I found out that that dude died of cancer like two years ago mm-hmm. or three years did ago. People really thought about it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh. Like, I feel like I'm just now catching on to this thing that was, like, super popular. Granted, it was a kid's show, but still. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's he's gone. That's sad. And uh, that led me, because I guess, you know, his last few posts were essentially him just kind of documenting his end of life um, okay. on his YouTube channel. Uh, okay. He was really, he was always very upbeat about it, though. He was like, you know, just really thankful for everything. Glad I have my family, blah, blah, blah you know, things like that. Um, Not to diminish it, it was actually really heartfelt. But um, that led me to another YouTuber, I guess because of the algorithm, called uh, Pee Wee Toms, who I think was some kind of graphic designer. I think he might have been British. I don't remember. I couldn't get through even like Mm -hmm. the first video because it was just that bad, uh, where basically he was like, I think, 32 years old and he was diagnosed with this rare type of really aggressive cancer. Mm -hmm. So he just devoted like the last, year of his life just kind of making video blogs about his experience dealing with you know his encroached mortality and uh it, it got heavy i was like whoa like i need something to take me out of this funk so uh something that kind of takes me to a happy place is the oceans movies uh oceans 11 12 and 13. yeah so, I just started watching those, and I think I watched them more than once as a matter of fact. There's just something about those movies. Like everybody is so charming. you know <laughs> they they're against such tremendous odds, but they win, you know, and they get through it with all this planning and a little bit of bravado, but a lot of like skill. It's just a really fun experience. So that was my main week's watch. I think I watched those a couple times. During the week. Uh, but then I was really dreading having to watch AI because, as a matter of fact, uh, tangentially related to our Fantastical Fantasy Football podcast, I lost my matchup with one of my oldest friends. And he knows how much I hate the movie AI. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs>
4: so oh, he made I me watch it. it. I hate it. I hate <laughs> he made me watch it. And uh, not only that, but he was also going to force me to give a positive rant about the movie. Hence the the evil of the intent here. But you know what? Something mysterious happened. Because I started watching it. I haven't seen this movie since the first time I saw it in the theaters back in, what, 2000? Whenever this first came out?
2: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, Yeah, and I just remember as the movie just kept going and going, I just got more and more pissed off with the bullshit that was on screen. Yep. And then that ending, that ending just pissed me the hell off. Where At I'm the, like, I okay, really? Now.
2: Huh? At the time or now?
4: At the time. Okay. At the time, I thought it could have been salvaged if it just ended where it made the most logical sense to end it, where it was kind of dark, um, but also maybe a little bit bittersweet. But no, it kept going for like another 20 minutes with this ridiculous fucking like, epilogue, 2,000 years in the future. Uh, or is that a prologue? No, that's epilogue. It's epilogue. It's epilogue. Um, And so I was just really ready to like say, you know what? I can't do this. I can't say a single positive thing about this movie. However, so this is where things took a weird turn. I watched this with my seven-year-old daughter. No. (laughs) She had no preconceptions about this movie. She Uh didn't really even understand that this was like a a boy robot. I really. But she really took to his journey of wanting to win his mother's love. I think oh. there's some deep-seated psychological <laughs> ramifications to that, but it.
2: I don't know it's if it's deep-seated, man. I think it's right there on the surface. <laughs> oh. But nevertheless,
4: she empathized and she cried when like this little boy was being denied like, you know, affection for being an artificial, you know, creation. Um, and that made me kind of look at it in a slightly different light. So I kind of paid more attention to the general plot. And um, this time, the, the dialogue by William Hurt, where he's basically describing that, uh, you know, why shouldn't we make something that can, that can be programmed to love? As, you know, after all, didn't God create man to love him? And then somebody else say, well, look how well that turned out, you know, and they kind of <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, OK, so in my original vision or, or view of the movie, I think I let the hate for some of the screenplay aspects cloud some of the potential good things about it. This is a well-acted movie. Oh yeah. it's And it's got some good set pieces some good special effects. I don't know that the, it, the, the melting of the glaciers, because this is definitely post climate change, like worst case scenario, like New York city is completely submerged underwater. Like you see the, I think, the torch of the Statue of Liberty is the only part that's sticking above water at that point. I don't know how realistic that is, even if the if if all of the ice caps melted, if it would really raise the sea level that high. Because everywhere else where they live, it just seems like, hey, it's just another day in the neighborhood. But then the, the East Coast is just completely submerged underwater. But that being said, I feel like this movie actually had a few different things to say that were kind of interesting. I still think the movie ended way too late. It could have ended at the logical point where he thinks he's can well he basically spends the rest of his life wishing to become the thing he can never be, but always having that hope that he will because he's a robot that doesn't understand. And I was like that would have been still a great ending. But you know the, the the ending at the end, the real ending, I should say, with the super advanced alien, uh, not aliens, robots. I was doing the thing that other people mistake. I can't believe people think that those are aliens.
2: That's how advanced the technology is, man.
4: Well, but some people still didn't get that. Like I was actually like to keep myself entertained. I was looking at the uh, at the trivia for this, and boy, does this thing have some bland trivia. It said something like. Uh, what was it a Ewan McGregor audition for the role that went to Jude law coincidentally Jude law and Ewan McGregor were roommates when they went to like acting school in England or something. And I was like, yeah, okay. Good. And this movie features three actors that went on to star in Harry Potter. I was like, okay. I I was <laughs> like, yeah, anything that's made in England has a Harry Potter actor. <laughs>
1: um, so I mean, I, I, Trivia can be added by anyone. You can go on there and add anything you want. Do I mean, it.
4: yeah, I could go in there and just start adding a bunch of random crap, I suppose. Um, there was actually something that reminded me of the movie now. Was, like, the big deal about this movie, going back to when it first came out, is that it's one of the movies that really used the internet in a big way for its ARG. Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do with the actual movie, which was I found kind of redundant. Because if you look at some of the ARG for like, The Dark Knight, that incorporated really well with the movie. In fact, it's mm-hmm. probably one of the best versions I've ever seen. Um, but this it, this one was not only extremely obtuse, to the point where like this came out and it was being promoted on the internet at a time when there still wasn't a lot of broadband readily available, and they were hiding like Easter eggs in the source code of the pages. I'm like, who's going to bother to go in there and look for that? <laughs> I honestly think somebody that was like working for the production was leaking out, like, oh, people found this. Well, I was like, no, they didn't. You are just sad that nobody's like curious or inventive enough to go looking for these and you're posting them out there like it was a discovery. I was like,
1: I'm on to you people. <laughs> um, I that mean- means that. The, the couple that, like, deciphered the Zodiac Killer's, like, message, or you know, th- people get into the weirdest thing if they have the opportunity.
4: <laughs> yeah, nobody went into the source code for AI material. This movie was, I mean, th- w- what it really had going for it was that it was a Stanley Kubrick uh, production for, like, 20 years that he just never got made, and then he just passed it off to Spielberg. And upon reading some of the material, they were saying, well, like, a lot of the things that Spielberg added actually made the movie darker like the the kubrick version was more happy clear-cut like resolution which mm-hmm. is interesting and that's probably one of the reasons why he ended up deciding giving up on it because it was like yeah i can't really make anything good out of this let's just mm-hmm. give it to the next best available person i guess i don't know um but it has some really good effects now going back to when it first came out like the the robot effects are really cool this was Uh, I didn't realize that Stan Winston had a large part to play in the uh, robotics, like the actual physical robotics in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, it was just like really, really nice. It was actually, uh, I take back some of the vitriol that I gave it originally. Mm -hmm. And I would say that this is is an okay film. Uh, It's not great. Nobody's going to write a thesis about it. But it's not as bad as I hated it when it first came out. And that is my most positive review I can give this. It's not as bad.
2: Okay. That's okay.
4: That's on Amazon Prime for anybody that wants to see that.
1: There you go. It's on Amazon Prime. And then you can also listen to the fantastical football podcast on Geekly Media. And find <laughs> out what other—that's right—weird shenanigans they're going to have to go get up to to uh, when they lose a, lose a week.
2: So that's everybody who's gone through their ge- their weeks watch. We're just going to go ahead and go straight into the TV show now. That's
1: right. Get right into Stephen. show here. I watched. Uh, I I've been I binge watched all of uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. Um, Damn. I really enjoyed uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Uh, the fact that they got Flanagan. What's his first name? Walt. Not Walt, <laughs> cousin Walt. Mike, Mike Flanagan to come back uh, to do uh, another season of the show. It is a, a horror anthology show. Uh, this the first season is contain a story contained within itself, and then the second season they bring back same actors to play different characters. Um, you have Carlo DiGino kind of as your narrator throughout the whole thing, and uh, your main character of Rahul Kohli, nope. Uh, Danny Clayton, played by Victoria, Peretti, uh, does a great job. Like I, I really enjoyed this second season, the uh, the haunting of Blind Manor. It is not like the first season, whereas the first season is very much a haunted house uh, story where you know there are jump scares and there are uh, a lot, a lot to do with the with the ghosts like hurting the people in the house. Um the second season's not like that. It is much more of a tension builder. It is it 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 creeps you out in how much it keeps you in suspense. And as much as I loved the first season with the its unique storytelling, the second season uh comes in and really keeps you at least it, it for me it kept me on uh, on my toes and in suspense throughout the whole thing the only problem i had with the whole season was episode 9 uh there's let me let me make sure uh no episode 8 cuz there are nine episodes total and that that episode in particular just does way too much in trying to explain things and it doesn't <laughs> it, it, it to me it really hurts the momentum of the se- season as it goes. Something that could have been explained in like a 10, 15 minute segment gets the whole episode.
2: How did you feel about the whole like um I, I don't know if this is spoilers. <laughs> they, they, they kinda like live in memory?
1: Yes. The the whole the instead of how in the first season where everything is, you know, jumps back and forth through time. Mm-hmm. This back and forth through memory, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really good uh, plot device in mm-hmm. how they told the story the dimension. Yeah,
2: it was really interesting. Yeah, and then did you, did, after watching this season of the show, Mitch, did you want to just shave off your beard and grow an awesome mustache?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could grow an awesome mustache like that guy. Like, uh, did you say his name earlier? Raul oh, Coley? Coley.
2: Yeah. yeah, dude, that i am so jealous that's such a good fucking mustache <laughs> it's
1: a really, it really was it was a it was really good and man yeah him and the actress that plays hannah they did such a remarkable job uh mm-hmm. made me believe everything about their relationship in that move in that s- season um i hope he comes back for more i know that he has a huge part or he did in um i zombie and he's yeah. been kind of internet campaigning to play a uh, to play Mr. Ezra. Fantastic, and uh, oh
2: yeah, no, he's been going real hard for Mr. Fantastic. What'd All you
1: right. say a second ago, Ezra? Ezra, oh, for right? what? From Star Wars, Ez- from, from Star Mandalorian. Wars.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Mandalorian, yeah. but he's from Star Wars Rebels. He's a Jedi. <laughs> well, not quite Jedi because there's no <laughs> Jedi, but like. Whatever. <laughs> He's a force user of the light
2: side. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's been trying for that one. Um the other, uh, he's also in some other upcoming uh horror thing. I guess uh it was on his like Instagram or Twitter. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh he he just posted a picture. It was within the whole like uh, how it started um where it ended or whatever where it is now meme thing.
1: Midnight mass?
2: Um yeah, yeah.
1: That's what it and looks so like. People lose their
2: minds about it. Uh, my favorite thing about all the stuff with this one is that Rowan colley has been on TV. Um, movies, other things, EastEnders. He was even in at one point. Um, but people, for some reason, in the reviews for the show, make a very specific comment. They say that they hate that American guy <laughs> faking the British accent. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean they, they, they that's a big complaint with a, a lot of the season but i don't know about with him i knew that they were they were making the big deal about carlo gigino's attempt at a <laughs> english irish accent so mm-hmm. I, irish. I for me it doesn't it doesn't sound bad but i don't know any real life english people so <laughs> it what a, it it, he's british no he's, i understand that like I, it doesn't make any sense for them to say that about him but I don't know. These people haven't heard Keanu
4: Reeves in Dracula.
1: Oh god. Uh, and there's well Henry Thomas. I don't know did how did you feel about his English accent? Like he's he's the little kid that played Elliot in E.T. So he's obviously not <laughs> English. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I I wasn't offended. <laughs> yeah. I I mean like I said I don't really know <laughs> if it's bad or not, but
4: it all sounded It'll- okay to me. Quick side note: Did you know that Henry Thomas is the guy that played adult? Well, the the Jack Nicholson character in Doctor Sleep. Huh. That's yeah, song. I did. I was like, "What?" Like, I, I, was like, "No way!" And I was like, "Holy shit! It is him! <laughs> Holy crap!"
2: <laughs> well,
1: I mean, it's it so makes sense. Random. That was uh, Doctor Sleep was was directed by Mike Flanagan. Like, he's using a lot of the same actors and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, Mitch, I'm glad that you like the season, though. Honestly, like I'm, I'm just glad to see anthology things take off in a bigger way outside of American Horror Story. Um, I still stand by the fact that I really thought that was what Stranger Things was going to be.
1: That's what Stranger Things was supposed to be. Yeah, really. Yeah, we that's, like that's what kids too much. The Duffer <laughs> Brothers had originally stated it was supposed to be an anthology show, and then yeah, those kids just struck everybody's hearts. And <laughs> really
2: good.
4: Well,
1: what, what it? the dollar, dollar signs. Dollar
2: <laughs> <laughs> dollars work.
1: but it's okay you'll never get to see another season of Stranger Things anyway since we don't get new things anymore So don't you
2: put that curse on us
3: (laughs) hey slow down
1: (laughs) well yes I I really enjoyed it it doesn't seem like it's getting a lot of of love as the first season did um, but I think if you go into it with a open mind of not being exactly the same thing as the first season you might enjoy it more it's on mm-hmm. Netflix uh Haunting of Bly Manor. Let's get into Utopia. Episodes 5 and 6, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Order 2472 and respect your purpose. So, we get to see more death.
2: Yeah. And that's that's everything that we have to say about this episode. Thank you so much for having joined <laughs> us here. <laughs> hey. no,
0: no, no. We see more death and a resurrection.
2: And a resurrection. <laughs> did, that, did that feel really? any kind of earned during it? I was like, well, she's not dead. And then she was alive. I was like, she's not dead. Like,
1: I just think that they're not smart enough to figure out if someone's dead or not.
3: She's about to die of uh, infection in two days. That's what's going to happen. Like, okay. Yeah, but right.
1: Wilson hasn't died yet. So for some reason they they have great. <laughs> they
3: gave him she, antibiotics though. So, like, well,
1: yeah, she's got
4: the medicine to to cure what ails you.
3: I know. She, she intubated her with a you know, She can fix everything.
0: An unsanitized funnel out of a dirty. Yeah. But <laughs> I, if I die. And it resurrect. <laughs> I want somebody to just literally pat me on the back and go, "Good job."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I have so many problems with this show, not because of even story. That's already a given. I just production wise, they're using like the most basic of like color LUTs for color correcting the entire show. It looks like shit, um, <laughs> and then, like the the set design is bad like i i feel like someone got fired in the middle of production on this show and some other person was like i mean yeah i, I guess i can i can i can i can set manage yeah i can be a showrunner um <laughs> and then, like, the actor the little girl is terrible i don't oh, want to yeah, talk yeah. about a little girl but my god yeah but you know what like Eight out of ten
1: child actors are not good. They're usually pretty terrible.
2: Yeah, all I want is them for t- them to just choose like nine and ten once. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: did. You got it with Elle and Dakota Fanning. Like that's you. That's you, you get for the next <laughs> ten years. So,
2: I the part where she, um Jessica, holds her on the bed. They're like fighting, and she's get off of me, you skinny shit. And then she has her, her him like cut off her ponytail and says like that bitch will never have me by the ponytail again. <laughs> I what that happened? was an empowering moment.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that was bad acting necessarily or bad writing and bad directing though.
4: It's, I think all, it's of all of the, of it's it's, the above. It's, yeah, like, it's I the think it's everything.
3: Storm. I think it's just.
4: No, you bring the, up a good because I liked. Yeah. I
3: didn't think she was a bad actress in the first episode she was in though. I feel like no, in the first true. episode, she was just a typical kid. I think it was just... It's... I fucking hate this show. <laughs> I just...
0: <laughs> they don't know how to deal with kids having to go through trauma.
3: Then there's so mm-hmm. many kids going through trauma that I just I can't... I I work with kids. Like, I just can't.
4: Now, to your I... point, Steven.
3: God.
4: The, the color palette. And the production design are actually two of the biggest reasons why fans of the original hate this one. Really? Because, yes, because it was much more deliberate in the in the original. Like there's, um, they'll do scene comparisons, and you'll see how there's like a yellow tint to everything, um, in a very stylistic way in a certain scene. And then Mm -hmm. they'll show a similar story beat in the in this newer version, and Mm -hmm. it's just like whatever the set looked like that day. It's just like fluorescent (laughs) lighting or whatever. Like it definitely seemed like there was more thought put into it um, as far as that goes, and that's what that's (laughs) looks like. One of the big reasons why this version is getting a lot of hatred from the older fans are saying that it just looks like it's a a lazy attempt at telling the same story.
2: I mean. Even if they weren't doing like redoing a story that already existed, I would say it's definitely lazy. The, I also had one other real big bone to pick with this with this show, mm-hmm. and this isn't even like a production thing or anything like that. But... Rain Wilson watches a YouTube video that's mm-hmm. of a news broadcast. And then zooms in five hundred percent and reads what's clear on a wall says. Has yeah. anyone been to a news website? It's like a two forty p looking uh, ass video. No, it's horrible.
1: <laughs> it was shot yes, in 7K. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, it was we'll try, like we'll
2: Mitch, it you you worked at a TV station, Mitch. <laughs> the idea <laughs> that even the person in the foreground is in focus properly. <laughs> on a news on a news interview already I mean, up in the air it's a 50/50 you, shot
1: <laughs> you can't you can't compare the small town news station that we worked at to a St. Louis <laughs> news station i <Yeah. laughs> can't like i've been to a bigger c- city's news station they have they are a lot more professional and have better equipment
2: <laughs> i went i went standards. to K- i was i was on KTVK four years in a row man I still think that there were definitely some terrible focus pulls.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Everybody's uh multi journalism, multi whatever. Yeah, yeah, MMJ. So you, you don't have someone to work the camera and be in front of it doing the interview. You you get one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay. Well, I mean those are all valid criticisms. Let's talk about some of the story points. Uh we now know that there is a Charlotte Annie Lily. And, uh, the, 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 ploy by Christie played by John Cusack is you, he raised twins in a environment with a fake father. And, uh, one of them was going to get Sacrificed. sacrifice, sacrifice. Then he's a good one. And the other one was going to be the example of the vaccine working mm-hmm. <clears throat> to his chagrin, though, <laughs> the one that is going to be the, the one that gets to live ends up really liking the spotlight.
3: Great Surprise.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a teenager, so <laughs> I can't imagine what you would think a teenager wouldn't like the spotlight.
4: Now, did anybody else think that this was being played by uh, that Abigail, whatever, Little Miss Sunshine girl? Abigail no, Breslin? Yes. I
2: did not think
3: that. I did not.
4: I, did. I, I got that impression for some reason. Maybe when she was dying of the the t-virus <laughs> or whatever but i was like is that a little the miss
3: bats. sunshine the peruvian bat flu
4: the bat flu peruvian bat flu
2: yeah i say peruvian bats are way more way more uh terrifying and scary they do that knife dancing thing too just like the people in peru <laughs> i love bats though thank you thank you for laughing with <laughs> me on that one i appreciate it our
1: talk
4: is the best bat
1: ever you're welcome <laughs> So were there any other kids in any of the other tents?
4: Ooh. Presumably.
1: I don't think so. I don't think any of the parents that were out in the out on the other side of the fence were real. And I don't think there were any other kids there. The whole thing was just a ploy? Yep.
0: I think the parents outside were real. I think the kids were already dead. The tents were just for show.
1: That's fair also. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously don't really get a a... a idea because you see Dr. Stearns just walking from tent to tent trying to find Charlotte and all of them are being torn down there are no other kids and Charlotte's being <laughs> shuttled off into a car Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point we uh, we haven't yet found out but we do find out later that Dr. Stearns was also in the insane asylum that Jessica Hyde's father was in Because um, so, yeah, so the plot thickens. Are we thinking that he actually is Mr. Rabbit? Or is it that he was just another uh, patient? Inmate? I don't know. That uh, they've just con- convinced that he is a doctor.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I didn't at think about that one.
4: At this point, I'm thinking he's actually Jessica Hyde's dad. Oh. I'm still
3: reading that, too. I don't and know that's why.
4: Because, and that's because... This story is getting so convoluted and so stupid and so up its own ass. Could be that shit. I, it could be anything now. Like I don't. The episode five was the point where I said, "Wait, is this actually really bad writing?" And episode six yeah, it. Yeah, episode five. Yes. Episode five was when I started to question the logic, like in <laughs> in depth. And six confirmed it, especially the ending, which we can save for a later point if we're going to go chronological. But no, that ending. Not. Yeah, no, no, no we, we're already in it.
0: We're okay. all over it.
4: So the wife being in on it and like being like a spy or a worker for Christie, I just was like, ah, really, really, this is where we're going. Really, we're doing like a well, total that recall. Five. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was obvious.
1: Like back when she was <laughs> yeah. talking to him on the phone, and then the if you take into account that he's in the picture, then that would mean she would have to be in on it. So yeah. I don't know. Didn't I seem was like just, I no, was she was
2: surprised. Oh, she's so happy. Okay.
1: Oh, sorry. Well, she mm-hmm. was saying
4: like, "Hey, you know, don't get yourself too worked up. Remember what happened mm-hmm. last time. You had to go to the well, you know." She sounded like she was genuinely concerned for him. I genuinely thought that she was a caring wife that was getting worried that he was working himself, you know, spreading himself too thin. And then uh-huh. when it turned out to just be a betrayal at the end, and it wasn't real, and she was basically just trying to keep tabs on him for like the organ the harvest or whatever they're called. And I was like, ah, this no, this this is stupid. Except
0: is- except I think both she and Dave show a good point of the issues with this whole home experiment. Because Dave got very attached to Charlotte. He couldn't stand Lily. Dale. Dale. Sorry, not Dave. <laughs> Dale. Daddy Dale. Daddy Dale. Um, he couldn't stand Lily, but he adored Charlotte. And so you see those complications, which is how he ends up, I think, off the wagon and committing suicide. And I think Stern's wife really did have a sense of caring for him, not in the same way, but you could see it on her face. I thought it was actually, I thought that particular moment was some pretty good acting where you can like see her face, like just the switch from, I care about you, and now I have to do something that I really would rather not do, but now I have to do it, and I have to kick your ass. And (laughs) so, I think it does show, you know, it goes to Thomas's point of, you know, the best predictor of human behavior, future human behavior is past human behavior, but human beings are fickle. Yeah.
3: Big issue with that little speech between father and son about human behavior, because the way they kept saying humans, I nearly flipped my shit because I'm like, if the freaking plot twist is that these damn people are aliens, I'm
1: going
3: to be <laughs> right pissed. I'm no, they're
4: not, I'd, be with, I'd
1: be
0: with you. I'd be
1: with you.
4: They won't be aliens. They're going to be reptilians from the center of the hollow earth. Oh god, that that's are,
1: even worse. Don't they got in
0: there. Like, <laughs>
3: they're from <old> <laughs> I'm freaking done with it. I'm done. No, I'm done with it. And now they're called the Harvesters, and I was like, now that makes even more sense. And I'm like, no, Oh,
4: how about this? How about Arby having a near mental breakdown upon realizing his origin, and then finding out his name is just the initials of a raisin box. That was the best part. Oh, raisin boy. The
2: raisin boy. <laughs> Yeah, raisin boy. That's oh, the most. Raisin boy. Them show so far. Arby, <laughs> poor Arby. No, th- I'm just so Arby. glad. When- I don't know if you want to start I feeling mean, sorry. A I know,
3: but yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, to be fair, every single person on this show is a shit show. So, like, I don't know who the <laughs> fuck to root yeah. for at this point.
0: <laughs> I want <laughs> every, to do all that. I, mean, I, I want to risk to win.
1: Becky and Ian
3: and Ian and Wilson. I, I feel like Becky and Ian are. Yeah, those three are probably holding me on, and why I can still manage to not turn it off when I'm watching
2: no, it. I'm talking about Mitch is holding me on to this one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. The fact that I have to freaking talk
2: about it. <laughs> I was just so happy when she, like, his, his wife, like, went and kicked him in the balls and hit him over the face with the trophy thing. She just didn't say one of the terrible lines they keep giving Jessica every time they want to show you again. She's gritty and a badass where she has like shitty Batman lines all the time. (laughs) Like I really thought she was going to say another one of the, um, or his wife was going to say one of those, like just something that's supposed to be thought provoking for a 14 year old writing their first graphic novel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think what probably got Jessica with RV is the same thing that got me with RV when, uh, Doctor Christie goes. Well, you weren't given love because that's not your purpose, so it was withheld from you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's just cruel. I think oh. that. Go ahead. Good. No, no. Mine's afterwards,
1: he just okay. said it was cruel.
2: It's
3: just cruel. John said it's just cruel. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It's true. So go ahead, go ahead, Steven. Uh,
2: There was one cool thing in this whole episode, or in these two episodes. Okay. On on the marquee for the theater. Did you guys see what it said on the marquee?
1: Nope. I did.
2: I was reading yeah, while I was watching Gone, Gr- Gone Girl the Musical. That's right. Because what? Of the, the person who adapted it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like you that. You your own stuff. Why not? Why make anything?
3: I yeah. would like the music from that. I feel like I would probably like the music from Gone Girl the Musical.
2: Wait, <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all using Bon Jovi songs. It's crazy. Oh. That's
1: odd. <laughs> That's weird really
4: weird okay
1: <laughs> from slippery when what <laughs> so uh, other revelations we got um was not expecting the uh, caretaker, the foster mom to 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 also get killed so
3: I was expecting that from oh. when Grant walked in their door
1: <laughs> it, when um the 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 braid as opposed to or uh, the to the comic book. Is it supposed to be Alice's braid or is it supposed to be Charlotte's braid? Like, who's who? Has anybody been taking a, a close look at, at the stuff that's shown in Utopia, the actual comic book?
3: Oh. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've I, I've been reading while I'm watching the show.
2: No, I I don't expect to. Th- I, I do not expect to look at the images from this book and then later on go <gasps> when events happen. I so I have not invested any time whatsoever.
0: Except you're saying well, that there's somebody's braid.
2: Well, there is a girl with a braid in the book, uh, that
1: is talking to a little boy, and I don't know if it's supposed to be Alice or it was supposed to be Charlotte. Oh, like obviously all the things like like we get a big old part where Wilson is talking about the llama that's stri- striped red and white, and it you know it represents the Peruvian flag, and thus the bat the bat wings. It's all about that flu. Like, is that because, uh, Stern. Is or yeah is I mean that's obviously supposed to be stern and then the, the idea is that is stern mr rabbit or is he the llama like that was he's the whole definitely thing. the llama and but Wilson is still mm-hmm. on this kick that he's mr rabbit
0: I mean fair but that's the whole point of
1: <laughs> which then would go towards the idea of stern being mr Hyde because he put himself into the comic book in a very abstract way or mr Hyde being someone else in the asylum that Kept hearing Stern talk about a Peruvian bat flu.
2: Guys, what if he's both?
1: What if he's all of them?
2: (laughs) What if he's what if he's both the he's um, Jessica's dad and the Mister Bunny or whatever the name is right now. Mister Rabbit, that's the one. What if he's both?
1: I mean, it's a possibility. Once again, Jessica doesn't really remember anything about her past. She just knows that her father is somebody
0: mm-hmm. she was apparently tortured, gassed and told that that was love.
1: Yep. I mean, yes, Mr. Or her father coming in to visit her every once in a while was enough of love. Yeah. Which once again, could have just been a, any random person that Christie picked to be her father.
0: Yeah. Well, except she picked out a face other than Stearns out of the asylum as her dad.
1: Yeah. She just assumes though, I think because mm-hmm. because he's holding something.
0: I think she knows. And Artemis said that her dad—that she killed her dad.
1: This is true. But then so, again, then I don't know if Artemis Wars. is the most reliable of sources. What was Star that, Wars. Steven? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. father. you want to talk about no. Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, Obi-Wan says he, his father's dead. True. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Obviously, everybody else does not care for this show one bit. I am enjoying it, so I'll just be the the outlier. Uh, <laughs> anything else that anybody would like to get into? I think those are the big points I wanted to get into.
2: Yeah, those are the main ones. Honestly, I, I did still very much like episode six more than episode five.
0: I'm curious to see what Alice finds in the edges that she's been fan- that she fanned out.
1: That's very true. That is going to be hopefully a big reveal in the next couple episodes and hopefully we don't have to go into season two to to get any oh God, I hope that. well obviously no. the rest of you won't be watching <laughs> in season two so don't worry sorry
0: I can't
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so is there any, any anything else that anybody would like to throw out there before we wrap it up
0: well I'd like to know what the other podcasts are doing
1: before we wrap up okay <laughs> The other podcast on the Geekly Media, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, well, uh, let's see.
0: (laughs) So, John, what's going on with Fantastical Football this coming week?
4: Uh, Any good matchups?
0: We have week Uh, six.
4: It's uh, well, we're definitely getting down to like the mid season, and we're still anybody's game, but Andy's most definitely gonna lose again.
3: (laughs) Oh, poor Andy. (laughs) <laughs> Any good bets on the line this week?
0: Ah.
4: Uh, let's see. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about eating spicy stuff. Uh, mm. I generally try to stay far away from those, but I think they've been talking about uh, a hot wing flavored beer. And mm. some, some very spicy beef jerky is being thrown around for oh. some challenges.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, Buffalo Wobblings just released their own brand of beer that tastes like buffalo sauce or their buffalo sauce or something like that. Hard I didn't
4: need to know that. <laughs> I mean, hard pass with that one and the bacon flavored beer. It just seems unnecessary.
1: What I about the Love of aging? What are you guys doing there? Yeah.
0: What do we have yeah. coming out this week? We're on Artemis ch- Part Two. Yep. Artemis Part Two mm-hmm. this it's week. coming up mm-hmm. next. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what about Imagine If?
1: Imagine if we'll be talking about death metal trinity. If you're re- watching, really or reading DC comics, uh, right now, there is a big crossover event called death metal. This is a one off uh tie in that will that verges that adventures into the multiverse, the dark multiverse, and what the trinity of the DC universe has to do to, to stop it.
0: And then you've got some sort of we've got some sort of watch party going on this weekend
1: well that would have already passed oh shoot (laughs) but you can come and talk to ian and myself on wednesday uh when we record our episode of in game for uh the journey into mystery so that will be live on twitch it's twitch.tv slash ian flux
2: i heard you guys were gonna have a guest for that one
1: we will have oh. a guest for that one. It will be Case Aiken of the Certain POV Podcast Network.
2: And then Jessica
0: and I for United States of Women, we've just started season two into Pennsylvania. So come, Pennsylvania. The awesome, awesome women of Pennsylvania.
1: That's right. And Richard and I will be on uh, the Mitch and Rich show talking about a movie. Not sure which <laughs> it is. I'm sure, actually, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the trial of the Chicago Seven. So. Uh, if you get a chance, watch Aaron Sorkin's new movie on Netflix, The Trials of the Chicago 7.
2: I, I, I looked away for a moment, um, which I realize has no bearing on what I I heard, but I stopped <coughs> listening when I looked away. Did you mention televised heroics already?
1: <laughs> we have not mentioned okay. televised heroics. <laughs> uh,
2: now that we are
1: done with uh, The Boys* on Amazon we will be talking about the first three episodes of the second season of Doom Patrol. So please nice. get, a hold, get a hold of that if you have HBO Max or if you still are holding on to your DC Universe subscription, <laughs> you can you can watch along with us the first three episodes of season two of Doom Patrol. I think that's all the shows. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We'll be talking about... the. <laughs> uh, we'll be on our week 50 of Geeking to the Chapel. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's the more... Oh, podcast there we uh, go we will be talking about where we're at at this point in the planning process yeah
0: we'll discuss our uh, engagement photo shoot that's so, right
1: we will be talking about our engagement photo shoot be a good time do not know what the pitch this boys will be doing this week because <laughs> they don't know what they'll be doing this week <laughs> so uh if you're enjoying that please tune in on tuesday morning tuesday noon that's when that goes out. All right. I think that's all the shows, Elizabeth. Thank I you. I think that is. <laughs> uh, if you have anything else you'd like to talk to me about, find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Steven, where can people find you online?
2: You can find me on Geekly Media and on Mitch's Twitter, at Mitchipedia, uh, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Jessica, where can they find you?
3: Your website.
2: Oh, it's okay. I've said it enough. You can
3: find me through Finding Peppermint Gent. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful website, peppermintgent.com. It's beautiful. You should go look at it. It's got a lot of wonderful pictures, a bunch of articles that he's written. I love it. Find me through him.
1: (laughs) I think you better buy that domain also.
2: Yeah, no, it's com, but I oh, should buy Peppermint Gen also. So honestly. You should. Both. <laughs> John, where can they find you?
4: I can be located on the Twitters at Magic Bollocks.
1: No, no no, team there? <laughs> You're not going to be like, if you want to talk to me about how great AI is, like, find him? Because like, I think it's a good movie, but I've always thought it was uh. a good movie, so... <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm not trying to encourage that discourse.
1: <laughs> well, I think everybody should go and bombard him with gifts from AI artificial intelligence.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's a trickalojo.
1: <laughs> Elizabeth, where can people find you online?
0: Well, you it's can reach me through Jessica at JM Bailey Writes, or you can find me with the rest yeah. of Geek Media at Geek Media, Facebook page forward slash Geek Media.
1: There you go. There's definitely a lot of different places you can find all of us because we're all connected. But, uh if you would like to listen to archive deficits of this podcast check out our website geeklymedia.com go to our patron that steven mentioned earlier uh patron.com geeklymedia for bonus material that you can only get there and then please whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us rate and review us so that it can help spread the word of our podcast network but until next time this is the geek swatch on the geekly media network saying always remember to